Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Boy, do we have a great show for you tonight. I hope you are ready for this one. I am so honored and thrilled to have Hollister Rand join me here tonight. I'm not dead. I'm different. Kids in spirit teach us about living a better life on earth. Boy, isn't that the truth? With this fabulous, clairvoyant, clairsentient medium, Hollister Rand. Now, I wanted to tell you all a little bit about this, if you don't mind. And that is that uh, I get to talk to some pretty incredible people. And one of the things that I know is that I, as well as all of you, become educated, informed, inspired, and empowered. And we get to do that because people like Hollister share with us their journeys, what they've learned, and their courage. Now, to be out in the world and to have a book, like the book I have in front of me, I'm Not Dead, I'm Different, Kids in Spirit Teach Us About Living a Better Life on Earth, that takes uh, either a pull that just won't let go of you or clearly a passion and a purpose beyond anything that you could possibly have called for yourself in this lifetime. Today, you get to meet Hollister. You get to meet some of the kids, as, I, as I'd as i like to call them, uh, that have shared some of the most incredible things with her. And we get to connect you with Hollister directly. So, Hollister, thank you for joining us here today. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Pat. And I have to say, I really love your entire philosophy because it's very much in line with what the kids have shared with me from uh, from their spirit world, and that is messages of hope, of empowerment. None of them ever play victim, and they're very encouraging and inspirational. So uh, thank you so much. I think we're right on the same page here. Pardon the pun. I, I, I think so, too. And, you know, probably uh, they'll probably tell you I'm really a kid at heart, uh, you know, and, and in a lot of ways – but not without sort of the lessons of life like you've had. You know what I'm saying? And and it is so wonderful to be able to talk with you and for you to be able to share what it is you've learned from these kids. But more importantly, you know, being able to capture this in words in your book, I think I think what you've put together is completely masterful. It's just amazing to me. So thank well, you for I, doing I that. Well, I almost can't take credit for it, to be honest. <laughs> and I certainly can't take credit for the title um, because uh, when I was giving a message to a family that had come to see me, um, a father put his head in his hands and said about his son who had died, 
he's dead, he's dead and gone. And as fast as anything, I heard in my head, I'm not dead and gone, I'm different. And I thought, wow, that's a really powerful statement. So even the title of the book, I can't take credit for. Um, I have been inspired every inch of the way in writing this book. And when I finished it, I realized in many ways it has a memoir quality because I can't, I, I'm also changed by my encounters with the spirits. Um, I talk to mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, children, and pets in spirit, not just kids in spirit. But I found that it was very, their messages in some ways were unique, and the way they communicated with me was so unique that it was about time that people heard these specific messages. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that all of us are being called to have a voice, whatever that is, whatever that sounds like. But one of the things I love is I love, you know, what people call a tagline on your website. And I wanted to talk with you about this. You know, it says, Hollister Rand, the healing heart of mediumship. And let's talk about that because, and I think this is a great place to start because I cannot imagine, Hollister, I can't imagine, you know, these kids having these conversations with you if they could not connect deeply with your heart. You know what I'm saying? You must be one of the safest pers- uh, people on the planet in order to attract this. You see what I'm saying? They must feel completely, completely uh, communed with you, I think. It is. So interesting that you say that because I've actually had people say to me, Holly, you live completely from the heart. And I, I kind of, I mean, we're all in our own little world in some way, so I guess I assumed the whole world was just like I am. And I assumed that when I was a kid and seeing spirits, I thought everybody did. So when it came to connecting with spirits and with people and living from the heart, I assumed that everybody did. So I didn't realize that that was anything unique until people started pointing it out. So then I thought, okay, wait a minute. This is the heart of mediumship, the healing heart of mediumship. And I work at the frequency of love. I recognize that I work at a very specific vibration. And because of that, I don't do ghost busting. You know, I I joke and I say I'm like GPS to the other side. I only take people to the best neighborhoods. And I take people to the place where there's a meeting, where there's love, where there's communion, even if relationships have been broken here on earth, um, whether it be by somebody's death or the way they've chosen to die or anything like that. I mean, kids, they deal with everything in a very matter-of-fact way, murder, suicide, all of those things. They deal with it in a very upfront way. And, you know, this is kind of interesting we're talking about that because, uh, you know, there is such wisdom. I think what we're finding is there's such wisdom in our children right now, you you know, that are here with us every day. We're getting some of the most incredible bodies of contribution and service. And I I guess the question then becomes, you you know, these kids that connect with you, they too are in service. And some people would say, Hollister, okay, what are they in service of? Let's talk about that. Because they know what they're doing. Oh, I have such chills when you say that. First of all, you're talking about kids here on the earth plane and Mm -hmm. how special they are and how what a wonderful generation we have. Yes. I have to tell you, kids here on earth 
are in touch with one another and their families like we've never seen before with texting, tweeting, and all this kind of thing. So there's an understanding that kids today have that this is a very small world and that we are connected in some way. Now, kids on the other side do something that I rarely see with other types of spirits. What they do is they influence and they work with the kids that are here on this side. Now, I'll tell you how I discovered this. Um, when I, if somebody comes to see me or if they, they come to an event or that kind of thing, I will connect them with someone who has passed, a father, let's say, to a daughter sitting in the audience, um, a husband to a wife who's been left behind. But what started happening was that kids in spirit started showing up for kids in the audience, even if they didn't know them well. So it was their peers showing up, you know, a kid that they knew in school who had been killed in a car crash. And in my book, I have a whole chapter called Peer Pressure um, because I have discovered that kids in spirit are helping kids on earth in unprecedented numbers. It's just amazing. So we have, I think for the first time, we're really acknowledging it, a constant back and forth between the spirit world and people living in service here. So it's service on both sides. And I love this. And, and you know, let's talk about um, what, what the, the global message is, because there's a global message for people listening to the show, whether you're listening to live or you're listening to it uh, on your iPod. You know, there is a message here that is certainly bigger than you and bigger than me and the 14 hours of radio I do. And, and, and the message, you know, has to really be looked at from multiple perspectives as you, as you look at this in your book. I mean, you have really, pretty much not left too much uh uh you know uh, uh no stone uh, unturned here i mean you even talk about the event of quote dying and how we the living or those that are here um you know left behind handle it very different than those in the afterlife so what are the kids saying about this what would they like us to do what shocks me um, mm-hmm. is how uh, little the kids are attached to their actual death experience. <laughs> um, now, that is, one of the, that is one of the very different um, and unique ways. Of, you know, when I talk about how different it is talking with kids, when I talk with somebody who has suffered tremendously at the end of their life, um, with cancer, let's say, I mean, my own mother, she was very, very ill for two and a half years before she passed. When I speak with someone like that, they will often tell me about every blood test, every trip to the doctor, the people who took care of them, all that kind of thing. Kids, on the other hand, tend to often die in motion. Now, I don't like to make generalizations, but often, you know, they're in, they're, they're traveling, they're running, they're on a skateboard. Um, they're in a car, so they're, they're moving from one place to another, and kids often die in motion. Now, I do also speak with, with children who've been ill before they pass, but even then, they're not really attached to it. Kids see death almost as blasé as though it's just transportation from one place to another. So we get totally hung up on it. And they, on the other side, are much more interested in, a, in connecting and making it clear that relationships continue rather than having us obsess about the way they have passed. 
And this is, you know, for you, I mean, this is, uh, and let's talk about this. You know, I get a lot of questions, and certainly for those of you out there that want to give us a shout and call into the show, we'll give you a phone number in a minute. But I get a lot of questions about, you know, I, I it, how does one go down, down the path and declare oneself, you know, a psychic or a medium or, and many people don't know the difference. But I, Honestly, I can't hardly imagine sort of saying, you know, I went to a career fair, and in the <laughs> career fair, that I found the category psychic, uh, and I sent in my resume. You know what I'm trying to say? So I did everything I could to run away from this. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely everything. I mean, when I was a kid, I could see spirits. Some I knew, like my grandfather, so that was wonderful. But others I didn't, which was very unsettling. Um, so my own room did not feel safe for me. And I even had like one of those um, ladders you could throw out your window to escape. I mean, it was just crazy when I realized, oh, not everybody sees and feels what I do. So then as a kid, I did not want to be different. So, you know, I did my best to sort of shut it out, which I did very effectively until I was in a car crash at the age of 18. And then everything began to unravel. And over time, I could no longer shut it out, and I really had to come to terms with it. And at that point, I found other people of like mind, and I started learning, and I didn't feel so weird. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I love to teach this work. And one of the reasons that I was willing to put myself out with a book is because I don't want anybody to feel weird like I did. I really think that all of us have some level of ability It's a matter of degree and development. And so I really want to help everybody develop their own innate talent in this area. Well, and, you know, this is uh, we're hearing more and more stories from uh, people all over the world. And, you know, they're calling them events. And honestly, our pop culture right now, I mean, if movies tell us anything, you know, our pop culture is just absolutely captivated by what we call the paranormal, uh, you know, science fiction, you name it. But there's something very basic here I want to ask you about and what you talk about in the book. Actually, there are quite a few things. I think this is a good show to, 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 you know, for people to put down on a piece of paper on the left-hand side, this is the truth. On the right-hand side, this is the myth. So that we can clear some things up for people. Let's start out with the conversation of heaven. Because a lot of people say, oh, afterlife. So where are they? You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, wow, you know, I know my uncle is in this vase over here sitting on my mantle. Right. <laughs> so I, that's that's that over there. But you know, is he floating around? Is he in heaven? Is there a heaven? Right. Well, it's it's interesting. Um, I grew up in the Episcopal Church, so I grew up with the concept of heaven, right. and and that sort of where you go and God and everybody is there. And so that was my assumption. There was also the assumption of hell. Well, as I started talking with kids, sometimes kids actually refer to heaven and they say heaven. And I found that it's often in relationship to those who are believers sitting in front of me. So very often the names or, um, yeah, that's what I find so interesting is there is truly no possible description for the afterlife. That's when I've seen visions, when they've showed me visions of what it looks like and when they've described things to me. And this is not just kids, but all the spirits that I speak with. 
um, it depends who you talk to um, as far as exactly what it's like. And very often, um, depending on people's belief systems and their frame of reference, that is how the spirits present it to me so that it's understandable. But there are some, um, I would say, some commonalities across the board. And the first is it's vast. Whatever it is, the afterlife, it's beyond anything that we can imagine. I had a father in spirit say, I've been walking the perimeter of heaven, but I haven't found the end of it. That's what he said to his daughter. And he apparently used to walk around the perimeter of their property every night. So that was his habit. So, of course, he gets to the other side, and, you know, there you go. He's, He's trying to measure it, and he can't. So I thought that was very telling. Now, the kids talk about the other side as being a place of action where things happen. So whatever you you don't complete here or, or that kind of thing, you can still pursue in some way. I've heard spirits talk to me about playing cards over there. And one lady who was always very, very good at poker, one of the things she said was, but I never win. There are no losers. Well, we all cracked up about that because in this life, on this side, she was very competitive. She gets to the other side, and all she has to do is enjoy poker but not win at it. So there really there is no way for us to truly sum up the other side. So I like to think of it as, in this way. The afterlife and the other side are very, very large. There are lots of different frequencies and that kind of thing. And the reason I say that is I work very specifically at the love frequency. There are other frequencies. And, and as one kid said to me, dying doesn't make you nice. So there are some not nice spirits. So I set very clear boundaries and don't speak to those. Um, so if you think a bit about it like this, birds of a feather flock together. Absolutely. That's not, yeah, that's not true or anywhere else more than in the afterlife. So well, and isn't it true also if we take a very common right now uh, term that's been floating around uh, uh, since the movie The Secret, that is the law of attraction. Absolutely. I mean, we hear, but yeah, right? You know what I'm saying. This law is, is, is biblical. It's in the Bible. It's in the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know, it's in there a lot of different ways. But isn't that also talking about vibration? Oh, absolutely. And And I see this. Very, very clearly when I talk to the spirits. Um, and even those, I'll give you an example. I was doing a small spirit circle uh, not too long ago, and I came to a lady. Her uh, brother had uh, taken his own life, and he had done this, I guess, over five years ago or so. And uh, I made it very clear I work only at the frequency of love, and only when people have changed or made differences in their lives over there can they come to me? And so she had had a very conflicted relationship with her brother. But she had done a lot of work on this side around it. And because of her work here, it had freed him up over there. And they were finally able to have a conversation that they could not have had even when he was here on the earth plane. So that's powerful. It's very powerful. And, you know, what's also powerful about what you've said and what you've put in the book is the... the um how should I say it? The limitation that we impose upon ourselves that the universe does not. You know what? The universe will always make you right. I discovered this. <laughs> so when people come to, to see me, if they say something like, 
you know what? No, you know, my father's angry at me. No one's ever there for me. And then they wonder why they sit down in front of me and, and their grandmother comes through instead of their father. It's because they have, they, they want to make it so that nobody comes to see them or the person that they want, uh, won't come. So it's so interesting. The more we are open, the more we are grateful. And this is really an important point. The more we are grateful for the people in our lives and those who have passed, the easier it is for them to get through to us. And not just through a medium, but I mean personally get through with signs and signals. This is really also, you know, part of the conversation that you have with us from the book. And I just want to tell everybody that is listening to the show, we're going to open up the phone lines here in a minute. Um, I want to just tell everybody, I, I am just thrilled uh, and honored to have Hollister Rand join me here today. The book that I have in front of me, oh my gosh, you folks are going to love it. Uh, I'm not dead, I'm different. Kids in Spirit teach us about living a better life on Earth. And Hollister takes on a lot of tough conversations in here, uh, along with the, the kids that do as well, about dying, about bloodlines, about suicide, about addictions, uh, and about how kids in Spirit help kids and others on earth. Uh, I wanted to, to just, uh, before we kind of go ahead, for the people that might want to call in and connect with you, that may want to connect uh, with their loved ones, what's the best way to go about that today for this show? Well, for this show, um, the, the best way, it's, it's okay if they ask me, you know, can I speak with my father or whatever. I can't guarantee that that will be the person who comes through. But for right. the sake of radio, it might be it might be more directed if they ask in that way, and I'm okay with that. Um, or, the, or if they just want to be open to see who shows up, that's fine as well. But what is important is that they respond to the Spirit and be open to what the Spirit has to say. So if somebody comes through and gives information and they understand it, your listener should say, yes, I understand that, because that sets up like a, a little uh, bit of fireworks over their head. If they don't understand it, they can say, I don't understand that, and the spirit can bring it forward in a different way or ask them to keep it for another time. All right. I love this, you know, because I know what that's like because I, I, I have interviewed so many folks uh, on the show and, and, uh, you know, without hesitation, there's usually somebody floating around and, and, uh, uh, and and I know that because I get to chat with them on my own. But I want to give everybody out there um, our, to- our toll-free number here to call into the show tonight, 888-815-9756. Seth will pick up these phone lines. We'll put you in the queue so that you can call in and make that connection here with my very special guest and the folks on the other side, 888-815-9756. That's toll-free. I'll do it a bit slower. Triple eight eight one five nine seven five six toll free call into the show. Seth will let me know that you're on the phone waiting to chat with us. Let's take a minute and talk about suicide if we could, because I did mention it. And you do cover it in the book, Hollister. But before we do that, I want to also mention the website that they can go to. Uh, for those of you out there, Hollister's website is hollisterrand.com. Uh, is that the best way to get to you, Hollister? Yes, HollisterRand.com. Plus, I'm on Facebook, and uh, yep. and I have a nice community on Facebook, so people can post things there. 
But Great. yes, for personal information or that kind of thing, information about readings and events, plus I have a free email newsletter that I send out every month, and you can sign up for that through, um, through the website. And in the newsletter, I talk about life after death, and there are always topics. It's very topical, that kind of thing. Oh, it's great. There's lots of information, everyone, and definitely you're going to want to get a copy of the book. Um, one of the things that is really, really tough for people is the loss of a loved one, uh, as they say, by the loved one's own hand. Um, and, you know, I, I, my personal experience is, you know, my mom passed away when I was seven, so I understand about this and, you know, had attempted suicide herself and uh, eventually died in a fire, which none of us really know how that happened. But suicide has become such a very difficult word in our society, Hollister. Um, and I wanted to ask you, you know, what do the kids say about this? How do well, they treat kids or others that commit suicide? What I find most interesting is they very rarely use the word suicide. Right. When they talk to me. I mean, that... That that used to frustrate me as a medium because I like getting those details, and yet they would talk around it and all of this kind of thing. And then I realized it was such a difficult word for their parents and for those left behind that they chose to go instead to talk about connection. So what we think is a conversation ender, and it really seems like a suicide is someone getting in the last word and not giving us a chance to have a dialogue or let them know how much we really want them here with us. So the kids um, who have taken their own lives are very much interested in reconnecting and letting everybody know that they're okay. And this is very close to my own heart because mm-hmm. my own cousin Tommy killed himself when he was 19. Mm-hmm. And I write about that in the book. So um, so I, I really do understand this subject, and I understand the grief and the anger that people have to deal with after this kind of thing happens. You know, it's really uh, difficult for, for many, many people to, to uh, understand. Uh, and there have been many, many ways that we think about things. Certainly, there have been projections. And let's talk about some of these projections that uh, those of us sitting here on the human plane have come up with. I mean, we've come up with uh, various kinds of ways to characterize what happens at death. What is it? Do people feel remorse? The people that are left behind grieve. I mean, what are the kids think about all of us that go through some of this drama we go through here? Well, first of what I find so interesting when I've spoken with kids who have been murdered, no, none of them has ever referred to him or herself as a victim. Mm. So the most interesting thing that I've discovered is that people do not need to hold on to feeling like a victim and being a victim. And the kids don't support that. They talk about connection. They talk about inspiration. So what happens is when a terrible tragedy takes place from our standpoint, a suicide, a murder, something like that, and there's a huge funeral and so many people show up, the kids love that because it's them inspiring people on this side to demonstrate love to their parents and those left behind and to demonstrate that their lives mattered to other people. And that's really important. And then what often happens is they go on to inspire families and friends to raise money for causes, to change laws, um, to help protect other kids. 
So I find that really, really interesting that, you know, a scholarship or a baseball game or a foundation is formed, which serves many, many, many people. And you can bet that the kids serve on the boards of those foundations, the kids in spirit. They absolutely do. You know, it's really very interesting to have this conversation with you and really hear a different and a very joyful perspective in a lot of ways. Um, one of the things that you really do take on in the book, which is quite controversial, is the whole idea about miscarriages, abortion, uh, stillborn children. And for for some people, when we think about these situations that happen, these events, these losses, you know, there is controversy. You know, we are split sometimes right down the middle as to whether, uh, you know, these spirits actually have spirits or what it means at all. And I wanted to ask you about this. I mean, this is something that you write about in your book and you don't shy away from, but many people do. Yeah, you know, uh, I think the kids make me bold because they are. <laughs> Yes. Um, and I, a medium friend of mine, when he saw the list of, of the subject, uh, subject matter for the book, he said, wow, you're brave. But because I come from a healing perspective and I work at the love vibration, um, the kids who come through, this is about healing. And I am a communicator. I am not a judge. And so, therefore, whatever information comes through, I just I don't have a bias. And what I discovered is being a communicator, um, it's very difficult to provide details from a spirit that did not have an incarnation here on the earth plane. Because when I'm talking with people, it's, you know, this is a male, this is a female, a father, a mother, um, he had blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, it's all those details. Well, in cases of abortion, you don't have those details. So what, what I've discovered often happens is that these these spirits will show up as little spirit lights oh. and they twinkle mm-hmm. and and that's how I thought what why am I seeing these stars around people you know what is that and and then what would happen is another relative might come in holding a baby in their arms I'd be okay so this is about a baby so they had to show me how they were going to get the information coming through and so with abortions, it's often discussed in light of other things going on in the person's life who's with me that, that needs healing. So in the case of, and this story's in the book, a woman whose own uh, father had raped her and she got pregnant and aborted the child, that father showed up in spirit with the baby in arms. Oh, and wow. there, was, there was a very powerful, cathartic, uh, change in this woman's life as a result. Um, so it, it can be very, very powerful when those babies, because this is never an easy choice for anyone. No. You know, and, and this is what I've discovered working, you know, when these spirit lights show up, whether it's miscarriage or abortion, um, women often are, are grieving terribly over choices um, or losing a baby because of a miscarriage or a series of them. And in my, um, in my book, I talk about a lady who it looked like she lost an entire schoolroom of children when she came to see me. And it turns out she had had miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage, but those little spirits were showing up to let her know that they knew that she had brought one to term and they were all around that one. 
and they were serving as joy guides for the family. So it's very powerful. You know, there are different places in the book that you talk about mind what you say i think is one of the places that i that i that i uh that i was reading in your book and and how to really hear the messages and i want to talk about this for a minute in terms of what you've experienced so for example many folks say you know uh, this is you know these conversations especially the ones that you might have with the kids none of these have sort of the predictability factor meaning that you know, why do I want to talk with these folks? What can I learn? And I, somebody actually said that to me mm-hmm. not too long ago. Um, but there is really a bigger picture here. You know, do some of these spirits guide us? I know for myself, I feel I'm being guided all the time. Oh, I mean, I, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. Are they spirits? Because really recently here, Hollister, people have just been screaming about their intuition, their gut, their this, their that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the biggest messages that mm-hmm. I receive from all spirits is that they remain connected to us um, and they remain interested in our lives. The one thing that the spirits have shown me that they cannot overcome is someone's inertia. So if someone's sitting there saying, I don't feel guided, nothing's happening, why isn't anything showing up in my life? What I've learned from the spirits is you have to get off your rear end and start moving in a direction, and then they can help guide you. But you have to be in motion. So that's, that's, that was a huge point, you know, because some people would read The Secret and sort of sit there and wait you know, like, okay, right. I've thought about these things. Everything should be showing up. Right. What I find very interesting about the afterlife interacting with this life is it's very active. It's very um, interactive, I would say. And well, and so, that's, that's what you said when you started. You really talked about this as the afterlife is a place of action. Absolutely. You know, as one kid, you know, as one kid said to me, yeah, we have peace, but we're not resting in it. And, I mean, that's great. Um, Very, very active, very, very busy, very, very interested in what's going on here. And uh, there was one father in spirit that I spoke with who was making it a point to run around in the afterlife and meet his heroes from World War II. He had served in World War II. And he let us know that there were those on the other side who were working with nations to bring about peace. I mean, that just blew my socks off. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's that's actually incredible. But, you know, it really does then talk to, you know, what we go through as human beings. And I want to ask you about this because you certainly must have gone through a range of emotions just to, to be where you are. I mean, you are just uh, amazingly sought after. You're on radio. You're on television. You're now the author of this incredible book. For those of you just tuning in, Hollis Durand is joining me here today. The book is I'm Not Dead, I'm Different. Kids in Spirit teach us about living a better life on Earth. So let's talk about this thing that we do so well here, Hollister. We do, we're like masters at it. And that's called worry. Huh. Worry. Well, yeah, you know what? I wish I could say I've beaten that one. Oh, yeah, me, yeah. But <laughs> I really haven't. By nature, I'm a worrier. By nature, I am. I, and I grew up in a family. My father's a worrier. I've inherited it from him. 
So uh, even with all that I know, and even with all the connections that I've had with the spirits, I always have to bring myself back to the place where I can observe how they have worked in my life. And this book is a perfect example of it. Um, I knew I needed to write a book when I was uh, standing at an elevator at a retreat that I, I was helping to lead. And this lady looked at me, and, and she said, I just loved your book, Hollis Duran. I read every word of it. And I thought to myself, gee, I guess I better write it. You know, so at that point, I thought, okay, you guys, you're really spurring me on. I need, but I didn't even know how to. So I went to a writer's conference, and there at the writer's conference, I met somebody who, from HarperCollins, who said, oh, this, you know, this is a book that's got to be written, you know, let's meet, let's do, and it was that easy. Now, if I had sat and worried about how all this was going to happen, forget about it. So one of the things the spirits have shown me is, accept that certain things will happen, but don't worry about how it's going to happen. Leave that to them. And, you know, this is really interesting that we're actually having this conversation about this because, you know, we talked earlier about sort of the law of attraction and vibration. And worry has got to be somewhere on that scale of vibration that we don't necessarily, uh, you know, want to hang out in too long. But yet we are... Uh, have gone through the past couple, three years. What are the spirits, what do the kids say about h- how to move ahead, even if we do get stuck in worry and fear and doubt especially? Now, doubt's an- doubt is another one, don't you think? Yes. Well, I think one of the, one of the, um, one of the real reasons that they come through to me is, and not mm-hmm. just to me, but to other people as well, one of the reasons why kids so want to get their messages through, is to let everybody know we're not in this alone. Um, Because what fear and worry and doubt do is they separate us from the idea that there's help available. Um, And so once we, if we stay in the mindset that we are connected, that we're not going to fall on our heads, that there is, you know, I've had spirit come through to people and say, you can't make a misstep. You just have to take a step. The only wow. misstep you make is not taking one. That is mm. the, the only misstep and the only mistake is by you know, not moving. Okay, this is really an interesting conversation because isn't it, aren't we? This is so paradoxical for us here that you know are are still walking around on the earth plane. Uh, we get completely immobilized by the things we think that are going to happen. And so, you know, we create our own paralysis and get caught like little hamsters on this wheel. And they must be looking at us saying, oh, my gosh, if you would just take that step, and it doesn't matter how big. But that really is a message, isn't it? One of the antidotes to fear, and I have this in my book, it's so interesting you bring up the hamster, um, because the hamster on the wheel, I've now taken the hamster out of the wheel and put him in a ball. And the reason I did have the hamster ball exercise in my book is because a neighbor brought over her little teddy bear hamster and wanted me to meet him and put him down in this, like, plexiglass ball, and he was running around my place. And then he ran right up to my cat who looked at him. He looked at the cat, and they, and they had some sort of communication. And this little teddy bear hamster was completely fearless because he knew he was encased in this ball. And this cat couldn't get at him. 
So oh, that's one, of the, interesting. one of the exercises I have in, in my book is, is an exercise of protection. Um, because there, there are certain energies in the world which can feel very destructive and in many ways are. But there are also things that we can do to build up our protection, protect ourselves and the people around us as well. So it's not as though we walk blindly into the, you know, it's not like you want to walk into oncoming traffic. No. You know, you want to be able to rot, read the signs and signals. Oh, okay, so red means stop and green means go, you know. And, and so education is, is one of the most important things. Learn how spirits work in your life. And, and my book, you know, shares a lot of those examples. And it does. And it to help, um, you know, reinforce all of that. It does. And, you know, you're right. I mean, I grew up in New York City. I would never walk down a dark alley. I, I wouldn't walk down with myself or other people. I mean, there are just some things intuitively, instinctually that make sense. Right. But the question then becomes, and this is where, where I, I would like to go, boy, I can't believe the time flying. How can we, Hollister, how can each of us communicate? How can each of us ask for guidance? You know, is it possible for, for people to do that? What would have to happen? Oh, well, the first thing um, is to limit the distractions in your life. Oh. You know, we, we have about forty to 60,000 thoughts a day. I probably have 150,000 thoughts a day because <laughs> my mind just goes that quickly. Um, and what I discovered is in order for me to communicate and hear from the spirits, I have to have moments of silence. I have to have spaces between my thoughts so that their thoughts can be known. So one of the first things, I, I live in a silent house. I have no music on all day. I don't run the television on all day. You know, so, and I limit how much I text and how much I do all of this stuff. I really limit distractions. One of the other things people can do is just sit quietly for just start one minute a day. Ugh. Just sit quietly, allow the thoughts to come, and then just let them go. Because sooner or later, you will start feeling inspired. You will start feeling connected. So those are just very, those are baby steps. Those are like preparing the ground. But that's why I love to teach workshops. Um, and I'm really going to be gearing up to do a lot of workshops this coming year because there's such a demand for it. Oh, my gosh. Don't you find that? Somebody was asking me the other day, what do you think people are really longing for right now? Um, and, and and here's what I'm finding. Are, are you going to be doing uh, workshops in person? How are you going to be doing those, Hollister? Yes, I do do some webinars and things like that uh, mm-hmm. for the Learning Annex and for InfiniteQuest.com, which is right. a, um, a one-stop portal for a website resources for the soul and that's with john edward uh, medium right. john edward you may know him yes and um but i love doing things in person because connection is the most important thing energy connection and sharing energy and building energy together so yes i mean people should seek me out wherever i am i'm going to be in colorado next week um and although i'm not teaching workshops i'm going to have book signings and just being in the energy can really help people sort of jumpstart their own awareness for, for spirit in their lives. 
Oh, I, I agree. I would, that's why I ask you that question because, you know, I'm finishing my book proposal now and, um, it's taken me eight years to get the download that I got mm-hmm. to, in mm-hmm. March about, you know, what, what I am actually supposed to take out there. I love helping other people, but you know, the thing that I've noticed is that, um, we're encouraged to do these webinars and these, these other things, but I'm like you. I love to be in front of people and connect with them and chat with them. Don't you think that there is, um, a, a, a hunger for that kind of communication there again? There is a hunger for connection. That's mm-hmm. what I see. Uh, there's a hunger for connection between people and a hunger for connection between people and spirits. And it's not just from our side that this hunger occurs. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, you know, I used to think spirit communication happened because we wanted it to. Like we dialed up people and said, you know, Dad, I want to hear from you. Uh, Mom, I need, you know, guidance. What I've discovered the longer I've been doing this is that it happens. Spirit communication happens because those living on the other side of life want it to happen maybe even more than we do. It is not just from this side. I love what you just said because it seems like the collective energy right now, let's talk about this, you know, what people are calling, you know, a new call to consciousness, a raised bar on consciousness. Uh, You know, we're hearing so many different things like that. Uh, language being communicated about it and and yet when you hear people talk about it and do lectures on it it doesn't quite get to it can you tell me what you have heard the kids or others say about this quote new level of consciousness well it's i often get asked about 2012 that's often how people relate to it um, and, and people will say to me, well, what do you think about 2012? Is the world going to change? Is the world going to end? Oh, that's interesting. See, I didn't even think to ask you that question. Yeah, um, but it, what, uh, the answer is very much that it could be a time of, of transformation if we're ready for it. But what I always say to people is no matter – in fact, I, I was asked about 2012 years ago, you know, two, three years ago when I was speaking – And I said to the group, you know what? There are people in this room tonight who won't be here by the time 2012 comes. They will have passed on. So it's not an issue of what's going to happen in the world. What happens in the world is a reflection of what happens with each of us personally. So the transformation is global only because it's personal. And so a dear friend of mine says, Holly, you are changing the world one person at a time. Right. I say, no, the spirits are changing the world one person at a time. So the transformation is a personal one. And that's when, so it's really at the micro level, which then makes it a macro level. Yes. Um, so that's how I look at it. And that's where we have to start. You know, we have to start with ourselves and our own relationships <laughs> with ourselves with the people that we deal with every day, including the UPS delivery man and the kid who packs our groceries. Right. You know, how we interact with each and every person brings about transformation. Is it a positive interaction? Bringing that positivity into everyday life, that's what the kids in spirit tell us to do. And so then, in fact, are they 
are they telling us that we need to be able to do that and look beyond life situations, the economy, so forth and so on? Um, you know, a war that may be going on. How do they relate to those things in terms of helping us understand reaching that inner joy and peace? Well, the, the interesting thing is that kids in spirit, and actually all spirits that I speak with, uh-huh. understand our circumstances, but recognize the part that each person plays in perpetuating those circumstances. So often it takes a life-changing uh, situation, and, and in fact, in, in the book I say death is life-changing um, because often it's that kind of thing which causes people to even think about the afterlife or consider that there might be something after this and that maybe the way we interact with each other is something we should take a look at. Sometimes death causes people to consider life. Um, and sometimes great tragedy and war causes people to march for peace. Sometimes what we see as the most awful things around us are the things that the spirits inspire us to use to change the world. So I say let's embrace what we see as difficulty because we know that through that we will be inspired to bring a really a new consciousness to this earth plane. It's I love it. those tragedies. I love it. Hollister, this hour has just zipped by. I love the book. I want to make sure everyone has your website so you can please uh, let them know how they can find out about, you know, where you're going to be, how they think they can connect with you online. It's been so great. I could go on for another hour or so with you. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I hope we can do it again. I hope we can, too. Let's give out the website and uh, the best way for people to connect with you and how they can get the book. Well, the book is available on Amazon. Um, It's available for download on Kindle and at Barnes & Noble, also for the Nook. And it's available in all major bookstores, um, plus wherever I'm doing book signings, so at some metaphysical bookstores as well. My website is Hollister, like the clothing company, rand.com. And I'm also on Facebook, so uh, so join me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. I hope to meet you guys in person and in cyberspace. Oh, thank you so much. And I want to remind everybody the name of the book, I'm Not Dead, I'm Different. Kids in Spirit teach us about living a better life on Earth. Hollister, thank you so much. It has been insightful, empowering, and inspiring. Thank you for joining me here today. Thank you. I want to thank all of you out there for tuning us in and turning us on. And if you've missed any part of this, we will make sure we get this show up for all of you to download. Make sure you check us out on iTunes. And again, go to HollisterRand.com. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show. Sky, your high horse. 
Strange soul. 